I'm Anna Webb. Welcome to A Dog's Life. Mr. Binks, you know how I'm always talking about the cruelty of puppy farms and how many of them are based in Ireland. Well, that's why we're jumping on Zoom now to speak to John O'Callaghan, who has launched Dog Advocacy Island. John O'Callaghan, gosh, how happy am I that you're on A Dog's Life? Hi, Anna. Uh, I must say thank you kindly for inviting me to participate in A Dog's Life. Uh, you know, I, I've just checked there before before we were speaking, and you've done over 150 podcasts. So as a newbie in the area of dog welfare, I feel extremely privileged, and thank you for inviting me. Oh, well, it's a pleasure. And, um, well, you're not really, I wouldn't say you were a newbie. Really, hey, John, because you've been a dog owner all your life, have you not? Well, most of, yes, Anna. And been really aware of, so obviously, I think the clue is in your wonderful voice, as you are near Dublin, I think, and I'm in London. And this is what we're talking about, really, isn't it? The welfare of dogs and all animals in Ireland. It's the very reason why uh, I had the idea about three years ago, to form this organisation, Dog Advocacy Ireland. I know it's a, a mouthful, but it is what it says on the tin. And if you don't mind, I'd like to get in a plug for the website straight away. And I hope to do so uh, over the course of this interview to, re to remind people that it's dogadvocacyireland.ie. Uh, it's important that people log on to that website and to register their support of uh, the aims of Dog Advocacy Ireland. So what are the aims, John? Let's, yeah, so the website's brilliant and, and the link will be in the show notes, John, forever. And it's free, isn't it, just to sign up and show your support for what is, well, explain what Dog Advocacy Ireland is, John, because this is your baby, if you like. Well, the reason for, for forming the organisation, Anna, is to address the appalling uh, shambolic governance of dog stroke animal welfare in Ireland. And, you know, I'm being critical, but it, I, I need to be critical because the governance, administration and enforcement of dog stroke animal welfare in Ireland is actually strewn across three government departments. And as if that wasn't chaotic enough, we then have one of those departments which delegates responsibility for, for uh, dog breeding establishments and the Control of Dogs Act to all local authorities, of which there are 31 in Ireland. So it, if you can imagine that if everybody's looking after it and nobody's looking after it, that's the reality of dog stroke animal welfare in Ireland. It is shambolic. So you're basically saying, you know, that the parliamentary structure in Ireland, you know, is is a bit shambolic with the welfare of animals being, you know, split between three departments, 
neither of whom really communicates particularly well with each other, which therefore allows this kind of natural loophole for a lot of cruelty and neglect to happen? Yes, and, and it's not by coincidence that Ireland has this unenviable reputation as poppy farm capital of Europe. I mean, it's it's shameful. And, you know, it's because of the lack of government governance and the, the lack of enforcement of existing legislation, which, by the way, is quite good. But, you know, it's, in my view, it's lip service legislation. It's there on the statute book, but it's rarely enforced. Uh, so, you know, with that type of governance and that type of uh, disinterested approach, uh, from senior go uh, government department officials, I'm talking about civil servants here, and it doesn't appear to be on the horizon of our politicians. So that those are the reasons why I got the idea of forming Dog Advocacy Ireland to finally create an awareness of the, the appalling negligence of dog stroke animal welfare in Ireland and it must be addressed and that's basically the reason for, for forming Dog Advocacy Ireland. No, and it's brilliant, but do you think really the cruelty and neglect in Ireland is any worse, say, than in the UK, John? Unfortunately, I do, Anna, because even though things aren't ideal in the UK and I'm somewhat familiar, uh, but there is a much greater uh, adherence to dog stroke animal welfare in the UK. It may not be perfect, but you do have governance and you do have, have administration. And there's a, te there's a tendency that you do actually enforce the, the, the animal welfare protection legislation that you've got in the UK. I mean, it, it's all very well and good to have... Uh, animal welfare protection legislation as we have in Ireland, okay, it could be improved, some of it could be amended, but some of it is actually very good, but it's pointless if it's not enforced. Yes, no, I appreciate that completely. I mean, at the moment in the UK, I mean, there was during during the actual pandemic, for example, there was this huge fanfare of lots of new legislation that was going to be passed in Parliament from the Renters Reform Bill to help tenants keep pets, you know, rented accommodation through to the Sentience and Kept Animals Bill that was going to look at more stringent consequences for animal cruelty. I mean, it has got better in the UK, but again, it's, you know, the, the whole judiciary system, I guess, you know, it's at overload everywhere. And Certainly, our police force have resigned any responsibility for helping with sort of dog-to-dog -dog cases or, you know, dogs being used for intimidation, even. I can't even say that word. In, in London parks, for example, which we're seeing more of at the moment. So, yeah, I guess there's always room for improvement and animals deserve better, don't they, John? You and I have spoken before about it's not our right to, to have a, a dog or a pet it's a privilege, you know, and if we're going to uh, disrespect that that privilege of of pet ownership, well, you know, we 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 must be held accountable, and that's why we we have animal welfare protection legislation. But again, it it needs to be enforced. I don't want to give the impression here, Anna, 
that, you know, that dog owners of which there are a million and 40,000 dogs in Ireland. That's the dog population in Ireland. Uh, and 49% of Irish households own a dog. Now, the vast majority of those dog owners uh, are responsible dog owners. But unfortunately, we have this uh, horrific, uh, unenviable reputation as puppy farm capital of Europe. And it that is actually getting worse. There are hundreds of puppy farms in Ireland. We actually don't know how many, but there's uh, in the region of 200 million euro uh, being earned from the criminal activity of dog trafficking, both within and uh, outside of, of Ireland, and mostly to the UK. So it does impact greatly on the UK and potential uh, dog owners or people who may, who are interested in getting a dog. You know, uh, I would discourage them completely from buying online, uh, as, as you would agree with, I'm sure. Uh, I would kind of call if it's possible to ban online sales of dogs. I'm not quite sure if that's possible. But... Uh, People need to be re very responsible, and I suppose there's a whole education educational program needed here surrounding uh, dog ownership and responsible dog ownership. And yes, those all of those things. And you've mentioned the sentience bill there, Anna, and it's a it's a great piece of legislation. I think it's probably being held up currently. And then we had the Mark Abraham's uh, Lucy's Law, which again was another great piece of legislation, but I'm not quite sure where it's at in the UK. Well, I think the problem was, I mean, this has all been exacerbated by the pandemic. I think, you know, the pandemic for me, you know, it hurt dogs the most, actually, in so many ways. And, you know, no one could go anywhere, obviously, in the pandemic. And Lucy's Law became legislation literally just after the first initial lockdown in, in early April of 2020. So basically the premises of Lucy's Law, which meant that you went to visit the puppy and you made a judgment of what you, you saw when you got there. Could you see the mother of, of the puppy? You know, you had to be quite smart about it with these fraudsters. Could you suss it out? And basically Lucy's Law wanted to stop the puppy farm trafficking by cutting the supply chain once the puppies arrive in the UK, you know, like distributors, if you like, to stop that, which would then stop the puppies coming into the UK. However, lockdown just fueled it and fueled it even more by online websites coming up left, right and centre and people being, you know, so used to buying everything dare I say the word Amazon, but, um, it, you know, people think, well, this is how I buy everything. So I'm going to buy a dog like this. So yes, education so needs to happen. I feel now it's almost too late because the problem I've got with all this is that it's the younger demographic that are buying the dogs. So the biggest surge in dog ownership is in under 34 year olds. And sadly, because of the culture they've grown up in, they're used to just using the Internet for everything. And that in itself spurs on other complications of rented accommodation, taking your dog into the office or not, hiring dog walkers, dog crashes, all of these aspects, which previously, circa 2002, didn't exist because 
I think it did tend to be an older demographic that would would bring a dog in into their life. So I think there's so much going out there that we've lost control a bit. And I think it's the price is, is being paid with the actual dogs. But, you know, the, people have been trying to stop puppy farming in Ireland for for decades, John, and and no one's succeeded. You know, why is that? Because, yes, clearly you've got the legislation. Clearly, you know, people can hopefully see that breeding dogs in big industrial farms in dreadful conditions with everyone listening knows about the dreadful conditions. They're dreadful. They shouldn't be like that. But then how can these people get licenses, John? Yes, and... and... <laughs> Similarly to, to what you've outlined there in terms of the the COVID pandemic, uh, dog ownership increased because of, of parents. And you talked about the, the age demographic, parents being off work. And, you know, we were all restricted to five kilometers or whatever it was. And, and you know, schools were closed. So people went and got this lovely idea to get a puppy. And then now that, that the, the pandemic is over, We've, we're seeing in Ireland, anyway, I'm not quite sure what the story is in the UK, we're seeing this abandonment of those lovely puppies that they bought on a website. And, you know, rescues and pounds are now packed to capacity with unwanted or abandoned dogs, which is pitifully shameful. And, you know, res- we have 237 rescues, rescue centres in Ireland, all doing Trojan work, Uh and they are doing Trojan work. You know, they're inundated. They're full to the brim with, with puppies and trying to rehome dogs, uh, unwanted dogs or abused or mistreated dogs. So look, this has to stop. You know, you mentioned about people have trying to tackle puppy farming in Ireland previously. I'm not quite sure if there, if there was any dedicated organisation. I've mentioned the, the 200, 237 rescue centres and rehoming centres, some of whom are very big, like Dogs Trust. And, you know, I'm a huge admirer of My Lovely Horse Rescue, which is a fantastic organisation, who are willing to challenge uh, all of this stuff. And and thankfully, My Lovely Horse Rescue have posted a lot of these these abusive incidents on, on social media, have posted video clips of it, which is, you know, it's horrible to see it. But it needs to be exposed, Anna. And oh, yes. know, it's only true through that exposure. And I absolutely support and agree thoroughly with, with uh, the, the, the aims and the policies of, of my lovely horse rescue. You know, the more we see this, the more appalled we should be. And, you know, Dog Advocacy Ireland, it, it, the intention is to engage with the political system to address this appalling negligence. And as I already said at the outset, the, the governance of dog stroke animal welfare in Ireland being strewn across three government departments and then 31 local authorities. That has to change. Responsibility must lie with one government department which takes responsibility and is held accountable. And if we have proper administration and govern, governance and enforcement of the legislation. Yes, I agree. And it must happen, John. And and I also agree about raising awareness of, of this sort of abject cruelty, really. I mean, the latest one, and I did listen to the lovely Deirdre from My Lovely Horse 
on an Irish radio station talking about what's been one of the latest, which, oh, for anyone listening who doesn't know, John, explain what happened. Which one are you referring to? Oh, I'm referring to the power hose dog. Right. Okay. This incident happened in in Cork uh, at a, a petrol station where an individual, the motorist, was power hosing his his car, but he was also power hosing his dog. Now, can you believe that? No, is the answer. And, you know, know, in the force of that water, as Deirdre rightly said on the interview, probably killed the dog with internal injuries because of the force of the water compared to, I think Deirdre said, compared to a normal shower, if you're just bathing your dog, I think it was three million times more powerful than a bathroom shower. So that's going to be pounding through the rib cage, hitting the vital organs. Absolutely despicable. I totally agree, Anna. And, and you know, to to not to get technical about it, but you're right. The, the, the normal uh, pressure of of a of a shower used by dog groomers or most responsible dog owners would be about forty five, fifty five psi. The the power hose that this guy was using it has has a, a psi of anything from fifteen hundred to three thousand. Along, yeah. along with the, the chemical detergents that's used in a car wash to remove tar, bird poo, paint, oil, all sorts of stuff from the body of a car. And this individual is using it on his dog? Yeah. This 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 happened. I, I, obviously, I, I'm agitated about this, Anna, because this is ongoing. This incident only occurred in Cork on April the 7th. And so far... There's the this guy's car registration registration was clearly visible, so there should have been immediate follow up because as you you rightly identified, the the horrendous uh, damage that this could do to to this poor dog is just appalling, and it would have needed uh, immediate veterinary uh, examination for for the poor dog, but to date this is the whatever it is the twenty four twenty fifth of April and to date we have no update. From the from the Irish police, the Gardaí, so you know that is simply not good enough. No, 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 um, and it's it's these kinds of cases that I don't. I mean, I must say something like that hasn't been brought to my attention over here. You know, you'd imagine someone would try and just say something to the 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 bloke you know I assume it was a man which is a bit sexist of me I suppose but you know and I don't know try to intervene and go listen you can't power hose your dog but then I suppose the risk is if you do that they might turn the power hose on yourself well just to that Anna the the person who took the video was the, the motorist immediately behind this individual who was who was waiting to use the power wash himself saw what was going on, videoed the whole thing, got out of his car to intervene, as you just rightly said, any normal individual would try to put a stop to this. But the individual who was using this power hose on his dog proceeded to take a baseball bat from his car. 
God, you know what I mean? I mean, I love gangster movies and everything, John. They're, they're one of my favorite things to watch. But, you know, I don't really ever want to be in a real life gangster movie situation. And it's it's a bit like that, right? Absolutely. You, you know, and, and the fact that there that there's, hasn't been immediate follow up to, to this by by the, 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 the authorities, the, the, the police, uh, the investigating uh, police station, is, is just unacceptable. Beyond unacceptable, really. But th- this is the the whole point, isn't it, of DAI, Dog Advocacy Island. It's to bring, I mean, I'm sure people in government will have seen some of this on social media because there are a lot of ministers in Ireland that are very dog-friendly, dog lovers. You know, they own dogs. So surely that must resonate to these people in Parliament. I have followed up this incident, Anna, and I don't. We, we won't dwell too much on it. Let's hope we can move on from it. But it is an appalling incident. It should never have happened and must be punished. So I have brought it to the attention of the four uh, parliamentary representatives for that constituency. And I've also brought it to the attention of the, the secretary of the Minister for Justice in Ireland. So I'm not going to stop with that. It must be addressed. See, this is the thing, John. I love it because you're, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're half bull terrier, you know, because you've got this real passion, genuine passion to help sort this situation out. And I do think all of this needs to be outed. And, uh, you know, if the puppy farming situation in Ireland could be stopped, I mean, it would, it would do so much good, not only obviously for the poor dogs suffering in these awful breeding establishments but for dog owners as well because you know one sad podcast that we recorded was all about a puppy called Reggie who sadly came from a puppy farm and sadly poor Reggie didn't live very long and it broke the family's heart and the campaign goes on you know justice for Reggie but it's really justice for all the puppies because many of these puppies die young because you know they're infected already with parvovirus and the journey coming over is pretty grim and all the rest of it so there's that aspect as well that it you know the puppy farmers in Ireland destroy human lives and almost tear families apart as well mm-hmm. and I'm aware of the, the, the justice for Reggie campaign which of course I, I endorse and support and you know similarly dog advocacy Ireland it, it, its aim is to address these issues uh and you know what does what does dog advocacy ireland hope to achieve at government level you know what difference that can we make you know but to engage with the political system and to lobby uh dog owning loving politicians of whom there are quite a few you know i, I took the bother to email all 220 members of our parliament and I got a positive response from 51 of them, which is huge. So, you know, politicians are, are not necessarily aware of the, the apparent negligence that's going on in Ireland. So Dog Advocacy Ireland intends to create that awareness and to bring that awareness to, to the political table. And, you know, by lobbying these dog-owning, loving politicians to empathise with, with the aims of Dog Advocacy Ireland to address this this. Uh, crazy uh, tree or government department 
gov governance and to, to make it one government department with accountability and responsibility. And Dog Advocacy Ireland will seek an invitation to particip participate in our parliamentary uh, committee system, our agriculture committee system in particular, to, to uh, have our say on all of these issues at, go at government level, at parliament level. Yes, so it's like an all-party lobbying group, really. Yes. And, yeah. You know, I'm not... I don't want to get political or party political about it, but the 51 people who, who responded po positively to, to my emails are across party, all party and, and independent. So, yes, there's there's an empathetic group who, who realise, you know, yes, we need to do something about this. And Dog Advocacy Island's already got lots of supporters, you know, so and the more the merrier, by the way. So I hope everyone signs up. But you've got, oh, um. One of my favourite vets, actually, Pete Wedderburn, he's quite a prominent Irish vet and he's right behind Dog Advocacy Island. I mean, he, you know, he must have seen a lot of horrific stuff firsthand, you know, being on the front line. And uh, thankfully, uh, Pete Wedderburn is now has now been invited to become a board member of the Irish Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, which is... Uh, a, a very forward step by the, by, by the ISPCA. And I welcome the fact that Pete Weatherborn has been included on the board. Yes, as you say, Anna, Anna Pete Weatherborn will have seen many, many cases of mistreatment and abuse of, of dogs in Ireland. You, you know, he's he's a voice who, who has a media voice. He has a, a weekly article on, on one of the Irish national newspapers, and he has a, a slot on on national television so it's it's a welcome move yes definitely and you know he's very true to his word to be honest with you as well I think you know he's done lots of good over the years yeah I mean I think this is a big step a big step in the right direction John and another aspect of course you know to look at something else I mean you know Ireland is quite famous for is um greyhound racing or shall we not open that can now and <laughs> save that for another podcast but in a nutshell you know so I, I couldn't believe reading many years ago about the mass graves very close to you know the stadiums um in Ireland where literally hundreds of skeletons were found greyhound racing in Ireland is funded from from the, the exchequer uh and RTE did it did a, a fantastic documentary back in 2019 called greyhounds running for their lives and it that documentary exposed some of the horrific abuse uh, uh, and, and mistreatment of dogs who are, let's say, not up to speed or not good enough for the for the greyhound racing in industry and how they're they're gotten rid of, you know. So this industry in Ireland, at least, is a dying industry. The the attendances at greyhound race meetings, thankfully, is at such a, a low rate. Hardly anybody attends these meetings, apart from the the owners and the trainers and a couple of maybe family members. People do not attend this. So it's not a sport, Anna. You know, if if you love your dog, you wouldn't put it to, into a race where there's a strong possibility that that dog is either going to be seriously injured or killed. Don't tell yeah. me any don't tell me anybody who 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 supports and, and engages in and participates in greyhound racing love their dogs. It's not possible. 
No, I agree with you. And I just think at the minute, you know, why do I mean, I understand the gambling industry, you know, is another hard nut to crack, as it were, you know, but surely with the technology we've got now and animatronics and all the, that sort of thing, avatars and all these crazy things, that surely the gambling industry can still be happy if they had animatronics, but don't use real dogs. You know, they did that for the Grand National, I think, during the pandemic. So they had a mock-up. People could still place bets, but they weren't real horses running. They were animatronics, you know, on the screen, like a computer game, I suppose. It's, mm. it's all, That's already in use and in betting shops all over the place, in the UK and in, and in Ireland. And especially on on occasions where there may not be uh, horse racing or greyhound racing, you know, they use the, the animatronics, as you call it, uh, to to get punters to, to gamble. So it's already in use and has been in use for a number of years. Well, uh, then why why do they need the real ones then? <laughs> well, these are people who love their dogs, Anna. Uh, yes, really. <laughs> oh, John, yes. Well, I can't wait to stay in touch, actually, John, and definitely come over to Dublin for the first big meeting with lots of ministers all supporting, you know, this centralization and added control so that people don't slip through the floorboards, as it, as it were, and create such pain and suffering for animals. Anna, it would be a pleasure if you could if you could come to visit us in Dublin. I'd be only too happy to 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 invite you over whenever you might get the time. Can yes. I, can I just mention, Anna, what's happening with Dog Advocacy Ireland since uh, the, the thing has been the website has been up and running, thankfully. Uh, and there's a, a social media awareness. I've only made people aware through social media very recently. Uh, of the existence of Dog Advocacy Ireland. And would you believe people are very generous? Dog stroke animal loving people are very generous. And I have to say that there's been a media company who, who has offered huge financial support to Dog Advocacy Ireland to, to promote Dog Advocacy Ireland with, with ra- radio advertising. You know, it's they're offering huge something that I couldn't have imagined in my wildest dreams that people are offering like 40,000 uh, euro uh, for, for radio advertising to promote Dog Advocacy Ireland and its aims. And again, not alone that, but another company came on board, uh, a PR company have come on board with similar support for Dog Advocacy Ireland. So, look, it's great to have these people on board at such an early stage of of, of Dog Advocacy Ireland's existence. Uh, and again, there's somebody else, I'm not going to mention names, but there's a, a company, an individual who owns a, another PR company, but he has, he has vast experience in the political lobbying arena. And this individual has offered his services free to Dog Advocacy Ireland. So there's a lot happening and p- the public will he- hear a lot more of Dog Advocacy Ireland, if I could mention again and, and invite people to log on to dogadvocacyireland.ie. Well, I can't wait to see all this unfold. And it's marvellous. You've got all this support, John. It's absolutely brilliant. As I said, you're half bull terrier. And <laughs> um, <laughs> it's absolutely marvellous. So you heard it first on A Dog's Life. Thank you, John. Thank you, Anna. Thank you kindly. That's our show, Mr. Binks. What did you think? 
Yes, the story of the power hose dog just really is unspeakable. But yes, you're right, it is time for Woof of the Week. <coughs> I've said it before and I'm going to say it again. Never buy a puppy or a dog over the internet. <coughs> Well, I hope you all enjoyed it. If you did, go on, rate and review the show wherever you tune into your podcasts. It really, really does help. Thanks again, of course, to John O'Callaghan, who joined us today. And please take a look at his website, dogadvocacyisland.ie, and sign up to hopefully make some change. Thanks, of course, to Mike, my producer, all the production and the music as ever find out more about pod people at pod people uk and for me i'm just that anna web dogs what's that mr binks you're right we will be back in your feed next sunday so make it more simple and subscribe today then that way you will never miss another show bye for now bye